This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and give God praise. Let's just worship him and thank him for the privilege he's given to us to gather together here and be blessed again and again. We give God the praise. Lift up your hands and just give God praise. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have given thanks. Father, we thank you for your word is full of grace and power. And thank you for the manifest presence of your spirit here. We give you praise. Be exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for the covering of the cloud of your glory upon us already. We give you praise. Be exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. And now your word comes forth with power, and we give you the praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please, before you're seated, help me celebrate Pastor Poju. Oh, you might Thank you, sir. All right. And Pastor Toyin. Oh, you Glory to God. Amen. All the men of God here present, I celebrate you. Come and celebrate them. Glory to God. Amen. Please, you may be seated. All right. Um, this is a divine setup. Amen. <laughs> I, I didn't know I would be ministering at Wavbeck this year. I just came to be blessed. Amen. <laughs> and God just gave me the opportunity to stand before you. So I count it a very, very rare privilege to stand before you today. Amen. I prayed and the Lord spoke to me and said, this is my word for Wafbeck. And I think I have the privilege under God to share it. And he said, Wafbeck is my Antioch where prophets and teachers gather together to minister to me and have a commissioning of ministry gifts into the body of Christ and into the marketplace. And the Lord said that all the ministers that have come over time, that there is a deposit of the graces they brought to Wavbeck on the altar of Wavbeck. An altar is a place of exchange. An altar is a place of interaction. An altar is a place of sacrifice. Wafbeck is, is an annual convention and a prophetic altar, and the graces are here. Praise God. And the Lord said, as the word of God goes forth, and you open up your heart to receive from God, that there will be a commissioning into the fullness of his plan for you. If you believe it, let me hear your resounding amen. And then he said, there's coming a revival. And the revival is coming to the body of Christ at large. And then he said, particularly 
to the body of Christ in Nigeria. And he said, announce the revival. So I announce it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a revival of the consciousness of Christian virtues. It's a revival of the consciousness of unity in the body of Christ. It's a revival of the fullness of the operations of the fivefold ministry in the body of Christ. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It's a revival of the consciousness of the kingdom of God and all the different dimensions that come with it. It's a revival of the consciousness and preparation for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the shift we've been talking about, I remember Pastor um, Arume came, I mean Apostle Arume came and shared about the shift and Pastor Poju came, you know, emphasized it again, all right, and all the speakers that have been speaking, somehow, you know, they've been talking about the shift, the shift, the shift, the shift, and the shift is coming by the injection of revival to the body of Christ, particularly in Nigeria. And then the Lord said, I'm teaching prophetically. I received this word from the Lord. Amen. The Lord said, he said, this revival will bring back the consciousness of Christian virtues in the body of Christ. It is not lost. Amen. It is not lost. All right. But revival will come to increase the consciousness of it. In other words, bring about a heightened consciousness of Christian virtues. And preparing the church, the body of Christ, for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We don't know when, but God, by the Spirit, is preparing us. Can someone say amen to that? Now, the sound of many waters, that's the voice of the coming king, the sound of many waters. And it is the voice of the king preparing the church for everything that he had in mind for the church before the foundation of the world. If you look at the church in Nigeria, we've come of age. We've come this far by the grace of God. Amen? I don't want to take you through church history, but if you look back, you understand that the church in Nigeria has grown tremendously. True? All right. Once upon a time, prosperity, material prosperity in the church of Jesus Christ in Nigeria was a taboo. Amen? People didn't want to identify with it. But today, it's now the in thing, and we give God the praise for it. Can someone say hallelujah? Once upon a time, the church didn't have parking lots. Amen? Because most church members didn't have cars. Praise God. But today, it's changed. Can someone say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Once upon a time, all right, um, we had just ministers, foreign ministers come to Nigeria and are hosted in just some parts of Nigeria. Archbishop Benson Dawza brought in a lot of foreign ministers to the country. Praise God. Amen. But today, we can see that 
there's an interaction between the body of Christ in Nigeria and the body of Christ outside Nigeria, particularly in the West. And we give God the praise for it. Amen. Today, it is now a dignifying thing to say, okay, I have a calling into the ministry. Once upon a time, <laughs> nobody could beat his chest and say, I have a calling into the ministry. You want to hide your head. But today, the case is different. Can someone say hallelujah? Today, we have mega churches in Nigeria, all right? Churches in their tens of thousands and fifties and hundreds of thousands. Hallelujah. I think the largest Christian gathering on earth today is on this continent and it's in Nigeria. Glory to God. Amen. Come on, shout hallelujah. So God is moving the church forward. Amen. I said amen. amen. Today there are churches that teach the word of God. And purely teach the word of God. And the church is premised and founded on God's word. And God's word only. And we see church grow tremendously. Like this church, the covenant nation. Amen. amen. Praise God. Now then, you know, teaching the word of God was kind of rare. It was more of prophets prophesying, evangelists, you know, doing crusades. But that place of founding people on the word was lacking. But today, it's a different story entirely. And we give God the praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, looking at the body of Christ today in Nigeria, there is a move of the Spirit of God bringing us unto perfection. And God is taking us one step at a time. One step at a time. One step at a time. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I am bringing a revival that will heighten the move of my spirit in the consciousness or heightening the consciousness of Christian virtues. Now, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is at hand. We have scriptures all right, all over in the New Testament about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He came at first and was born into this world. He's coming again, hallelujah, to take his bride, the church, home. In 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 7, 1 Corinthians 1, 7, amen. Quickly. Okay, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Thessalonians 2.19, okay, 1 Thessalonians 2.19. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? So the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ again. In 1 Thessalonians 3 and verse 13. 1 Thessalonians 3, 13. To the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all the saints. Praise God. Amen. So we can go on and on. But let me just show you this. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. First Thessalonians 5, 23, quickly. All right. 
It says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, Jesus Christ is coming. Now, this, this was what God said I should preach. Amen. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ is coming. And the first coming of Jesus Christ was the birth, the natural birth of Jesus Christ, the immaculate conception and birth of Jesus Christ by Mary the Virgin. Now, Jesus Christ did ministry work here and became a substitute, died, and was raised from the dead and ascended, ascended up onto heaven, and he seated at the right hand of the Father of majesty on high. Praise God. Now, this same Jesus that ascended up to heaven is coming back for the church. And he's coming back for a church without spot, without wrinkle. Amen. And he's the one by spirit that is preparing the church to be without spot, without wrinkle, or any such thing. No blemish. Can someone say amen to that? Now, in understanding the gospel message, you must understand that the gospel message is robust around it when it is understood from the kingdom side, from the kingdom angle. Praise God. Now, the gospel message just preached, you know, along the lines of the love of God alone is good, but it is not robust and complete. Amen. Why? Because it does not give the fullness of the picture of what the gospel stands for. So when Jesus began teaching and preaching, he preached the kingdom of God. In fact, it was John the Baptist that began preaching the kingdom of God. And then Jesus preached the kingdom of God. And when he was raised from the dead and he appeared to his disciples for 40 days, the Bible tells us that he told them things or taught them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So why the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God? The gospel message is actually encapsulated in its fullness in the kingdom message. Now, entry point into kingdom is new birth. You got born again. Except a man be born again, he cannot perceive or see the kingdom of God. So, we got born again and entered into the kingdom. And that happened by grace through faith. Can someone say amen to that? So that's entry point. John chapter number 3 and verse 3, and then John chapter 3 and 5. So Jesus Christ spoke with Nicodemus and said, Hey, the way to enter into the kingdom is to be born again. In other words, you are changed from inside out. You become a child of God. And that is how to get into the kingdom. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. The word of the Lord declares that God the Father has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So when we got born again, it was that we might be translated into the kingdom of God's dear son, Jesus Christ. Amen? So passport into kingdom is what? New birth. Get born again. Get saved. Can someone say amen to that? 
But that's not all there is to kingdom life. The gospel of the kingdom tells us that, look, the spiritual kingdom that we have entered into, all right, is meant to walk in us what we call Christian virtues that would then lead us into the literal kingdom of God, the kingdom of God to come. Can someone say amen to that? So when the gospel message is limited to just getting saved and getting born again, and kingdom is not involved, kingdom doesn't come with it, then the gospel message is not understood in its entirety. So Jesus taught kingdom. Now, if you read scriptures, we understand that there's a kingdom that is coming, a kingdom to come. Now, when you got born again, you entered into the kingdom of God spiritual, and that kingdom is at work in us now. Glory to God. Now, there's a kingdom to come that we have to prepare for. Now, entering into the kingdom spiritual is um, by faith, by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, For by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we have entered into that kingdom as believers, and that is the spiritual kingdom. But it's a literal promised kingdom that is to come. Hallelujah. So grace has brought us into the kingdom spiritual, and that kingdom ought to work in us by the word of God and the work of grace still ongoing. Praise God. To produce in us Christian virtues. Hallelujah. And Christian virtues will now give us abundant entry into the everlasting kingdom. Glory to God. And if this understanding is not settled within us, it it makes um, Christianity lopsided or quashokot. Amen. Because what regulates attitude is doctrine. What regulates attitude is teaching teaching. Amen? Okay. So, if you read Acts of the Apostles 14 and verse 22. Acts 14, 22. Quickly. It says, confirming the souls of the disciples and exalting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. So there's another entrance into the kingdom of God. Now, this is the same kingdom, kingdom, but the kingdom we're talking about here is the government of heaven that is literal. There's the government of God, the government of heaven that is at work in us now. We have entered into that kingdom and the kingdom is within us. Can someone say amen to that? Good. So there's a kingdom to come. There's a kingdom to come. And in um, 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. It says, Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. So here I'm saying that there's a kingdom to what? Inherit. There's a kingdom to inherit. 
And the word of God tells us clearly here that the kingdom to inherit, all right, no fornicator, no adulterer, no effeminate person will enter into that kingdom. Glory to God. All right. Now, he wrote to Christians, not unbelievers. So what he's saying here is this. There is um, a working of God in you that will make you uh, fit, preparing you for the kingdom to come. Amen? And I'll give you scriptures upon scriptures. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and um, verse 50. Let's do a quick one, please. Thank you. 1 Corinthians 15, 50. It says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot what? Inherit the kingdom of God. So that means this flesh and blood cannot inherit that kingdom to come. So this vile body will be changed. Glory to God. In order that we might inherit that kingdom. Again, in Galatians 5, 19 to 21, quickly. Okay, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, go on, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of thee which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Glory to God. So, the understanding of the gospel message in hope of the kingdom that is to come has a way of regulating your attitude such that you, you live your life according to God's word as a Christian. You don't live your life anyhow. Glory to God. Come on, are we together? There's coming a revival. It's coming. The Lord spoke to me. He said, it will heighten the consciousness of Christian virtues in the body of Christ. Amen? Yeah. So there's no way one can live anyhow as a Christian and have hope of the kingdom to come. Amen? Now, if you're expecting the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, then there's a way to live. Now, if you look at um, 1 John chapter number 3, if you start reading from verse 1, quickly, 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Now, that's entering into the kingdom spiritual. Amen? All right. Now, therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Go on. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. If we shall... Uh, for we shall see him as he is. Praise God. And then go on. Go on quickly. It says, And every man that hath this hope in him. Now, every child of God, every son of God, every beloved of God that has this hope in him, in Christ, the appearing of Christ, will do what? Purify himself. Even as what? He is pure. So how do you prepare for the hope of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ? Amen? We live a life that is in alignment with the word of God. You know, some, something happened one time. You know, somebody did something and it really affected me. I knew 
I had to forgive the person. I knew I had to. Number one, because my faith must work. Can someone say amen to that? Faith works by love. Number two, I knew I was waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I needed to get rid of unforgiveness and bitterness and offense. If your doctrine is not kingdom, you may not forgive people. Because you're not hoping for the coming of our Lord. Some people have even been deceived that you can live in unforgiveness, live your life anyhow, you know, and you'll still be caught up. Ah, it's not so, beloved. Amen. If you read through scriptures, it's not so. I mean, and that's why I selected these scriptures when I was studying from New Testament. Because if you take them from, you know, other places, people will say this is not New Testament. It's not New Testament. Amen. It's New Testament. Glory to God. Amen. I said amen. amen. Now look at Ephesians 5. 5 to 7. Ephesians 5. Quickly. If you look at it, quickly, it says, For this ye know that no whoremonger, no unclean person, no covetous man, who is an idolater, had any what? Inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Amen. Now, this is the apostle of grace speaking here. Glory to God. <laughs> By the Holy Ghost. Go on. Go on, please. Quickly, quickly, quickly for time. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things, commit the wrath of God upon what? The children of disobedience. So that means some people have been deceived to believe that those things can go on and everything will still be fine. Amen. I said amen. amen. Glory to God. If you read on quickly, it says, Be not ye therefore what? Partakers with them. Don't partake with them. Glory to God. Now, So in preparing for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, there are certain things we need to put in place. And this will encourage the development of Christian virtues. Amen? Today, there are many gifted people. All right, thank God for giftedness and talent. Talent is good. Giftedness is good. Can someone say amen to that? But if you really want to commit to people, you don't just commit to talent. You commit to what? Faithfulness, loyalty, Christian virtue. True? Yeah? You don't build anything around just talented people. Paul said, the words you've heard from me, all right, Timothy, commit to talented men, no, faithful men, who shall be able to teach others what? Also. So what is he saying there? Faithfulness is a Christian virtue. That God can commit, you know, things into our hands. And he trusts us to take those things to the, to the next level. Praise God. Amen. As Christians. So preparing for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. You purify your heart. All right. Colossians 3. Colossians 3. We'll start reading from verse 1. 
Okay? It says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Amen? Oh, go on, go on, quickly. It says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Okay? Now, how many of us have been risen with Christ? You are risen with Christ. Wave your hands. Shout hallelujah. Now, the proof that you are risen with Christ, all right, is that your appetite will change. The proof that you're born again is that your appetite will what? Change. You now start desiring spiritual things, all right? God is going to bless us. Prosperity message is still here and strong um, and prospering. Amen. All right. I believe in prosperity, material prosperity, 100%. Glory to God. And I have awesome testimonies along the lines of prosperity, I tell you. Amen. But understand that what I'm sharing here is not to refute material prosperity. I'm talking about the move of God, the revival that is coming. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. It's going to heighten the consciousness of Christian virtues in the body of Christ, particularly the body of Christ in Nigeria. Amen? Glory to God. Hmm. Read on, read on quickly. All right. Can we read together? One, two, three. Let's read. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Go on. Louder. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Uh huh. Go on. Mortify, therefore. As a result of this, mortify. Mortify, therefore, come on now, your members which are upon the earth, come on, fornication, uh-huh, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, uh-huh, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Uh-huh, go on. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. You can see, God still does not subscribe to these things. He doesn't like them. Glory to God. Grace has not changed God. Grace is God's dispensation given to man. God is still holy. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Glory to God. Go on, quickly. All right, let's read out loud. One, two, three, let's go. Indeed, which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. So when we we're unbelievers, we did all that. But that's gone for good. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Yeah, go on. But now ye also put off all these, come on now, anger, put it off, uh-huh, wrath, put it off, uh-huh, malice, put it off, uh-huh, blasphemy, put it off, feel the communication out of your mouth. It says what? Put all that off. Glory to God. Read on. Lie not one to, you say lying, put it off. Lying. It says we can put it off. Can someone say amen to that? The same grace that saved you is the grace that will build that Christian virtue in you. But you need to cooperate with God by faith. You believe the word of God and you stand upon God's word. And you put it in your mouth, put it in your heart, and you begin to declare it in the place of prayer. Then that grace that saved you will now begin to work out Christian virtues in you. Can someone say amen to that? It's not a mechanical thing. It's still the work of grace. But you have to believe it. If you don't believe it, it, it won't work. 
Faith begins where the will of God is known. You must know that this is God's will for you. Glory to God. Go on. Quickly. Now let's read nine together. One, two, three. Let's read it again. Lie not one to another, saying that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. How many of us have put off the old man with his deeds? All right, so stop lying. God says, stop it. You have to use your faith. Use your faith. Use your faith. Use your faith. Can someone say amen to that? To believe God to not lie anymore. Amen. How many of us know you you believe God for cars, right? Uh For houses, right? Do you know you can believe God to not tell lies anymore? Now, we can actually engage our faith to actually believe God to walk in Christian virtues. True? Uh Uh-huh. I remember when I was believing God not to tell lies. <laughs> and I would tell lies to some people. You know, I just got born again then. The Spirit of God would tell me, go, and, go back and tell the truth. Ah! So I would go back and say, I'm sorry, what I told you, all right, is a lie. I'm sorry. Glory to God. And I did that a couple of times, trusting God for his grace to walk integrity in me. Glory to God. Now, if you look at Pastor Poju, Pastor Toyin, what the Lord is doing by their hands, amen? God has taken them through a process. You know, the weight of glory is so heavy that it is only virtue that can carry it. It's character that can carry glory. Glory is doxa. It is weight. If you don't have strong character, it will crush you, God forbid. Come on, are we together? Mm-hmm. Go back to that scripture quickly. All right. Now, can we read verse 10 and just stop at 10? Come on, let's go. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So, we put off the old man. We have put off the old man with his deeds. Say amen to that. Now, there's grace to walk in Christian virtues now. You believe that? Lift up your hands and say, I receive it. Louder, say, I receive it. Glory to God. Now, if we look on, we understand here, if you look at Second Peter, chapter number 1, we'll start reading from verse 5. 2 Peter 1, 5. And I want us to read from verse 5 to 11. Can we read together out loud? 1, 2, 3, let's go. And beside this, giving all diligence. How much diligence? How much? The moment you get born again, you have escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. He says, give all diligence. Take it as a matter of seriousness. Give all diligence. Look at it. Go on. Let's read. Come on, let's go. Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge, and to temperance, and to patience, and to godliness, and to brotherly kindness, charity, and to charity, 
No, come on. And to charity? Not, yeah. So, and to charity, charity abounds. That is the peak of Christian virtue. So, we don't add anything to charity other than charity itself abounding. Now, go on. Read on. Okay? Can we read out loud? One, two, three. Let's go. For if these things be in you, which things? Come on now. Uh-huh. Faith, come on now. Virtue, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good. Good. If these things be in you, and what? Abound. They are meant to abound. If these things be in you and abound, come on now, let's read together. They make you that you shall neither be barren nor fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wait. So true knowledge is hosted by Christian virtues. Not flashes of revelation. If you want to carry the knowledge of God, you want to be a mobile house of God's knowledge, you have to develop Christian virtue. People who don't develop Christian virtues are barren in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. They are unfruitful. Amen. Read on quickly. Can we read again? Read on quickly. Let's go. But he that lacketh these things is what? Blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Cannot see afar off. What kind of blindness is that? All right, short-sightedness. Amen? All right, that person is myopic. In other words, the future ahead, he cannot see. He can trade his future for a morsel of meat. He can't see that future. So Christian virtue will give you foresight. You'll be preparing for 20 years to come, 30 years to come, and you are strategically positioning yourself for it. Why? Because Christian virtue offers you the privilege of foresight. You can see ahead. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Simple. Glory to God. Now, read on quickly. Okay, out loud, one, two, three, let's go. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. So if you want your salvation to be sure, your calling and election of grace to be very, very certain and sure, amen, then you need to give all diligence to develop Christian virtues. In other words, you want to secure your eternity, amen, Christian virtue is the way. That's the pathway to it. Glory to God. Go back, go back to that scripture. Thank you. Amen. All right. Go ahead. Yes. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, let's read together. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. So some have fallen away because they do not do these things. Once upon a time, Christians were no more Christians. Amen. They're falling away. Read on quickly for time. 
All right, this verse 11, let's read it out loud. One, two, three, let's go. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So if you don't do these things, the entrance will be slimmer and slimmer by the day. There's a kingdom that is coming. And we have to prepare for the kingdom. Can someone say amen to that? So, in summary, I've delivered the message God sent me to deliver. In summary, God is saying, prepare to enter the kingdom of God. How do you prepare? Christian virtue. We saw it, 2 Peter 1, 5 to 11. And then Matthew 25 34 to 40. Okay? Look at it quickly. Matthew 25, 34 to 40. Now, Jesus speaking here, he said, come on, can we read together? I was hungry, and you give me meat. Uh Uh-huh. You give me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Uh Uh-huh. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick. Uh-huh. You visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Uh-huh. Go on. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee an hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? Uh-huh. Go on. When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Uh-huh. Go on. Or when saw we thee sick? In the prison and came unto thee. Yeah, go on. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these men, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Praise God. All right, so this is how entrance is ministered unto us. Amen. Love, compassion, humility, Christian character, meekness, meekness. Glory to God. Amen. And then you become an institution of the knowledge of God. You become a receptacle of the knowledge of God. Amen. So what is the Lord Jesus Christ looking at in the church today? Amen. Now, an example is found in the seven churches in Asia Minor. We saw when he was um, evaluating the church at Ephesus, he said, I know your works. Amen. The church at Smyrna, come on now, I know your works. Revelations 2 and verse 2. Revelations 2 and verse 9. The church at Pagamos, I know your works. Revelations 2 and 13. The church at Thyatira, I know your works. The church at Sardis, I know your works. Revelations 3.1. The church of Philadelphia, I know, come on now, your works. Church of Laodiceans, I know what? Your works. So what does the Lord know amongst us? Our works. Works of faith. Works of love. 
works of patience, works of um, service unto God, meekness. Amen. Works of charity, love. Love. Let me conclude on this note. Ephesians 2. Eight to ten. Glory to God. Can we be upstanding, everyone, and read Ephesians two eight to ten? Amen. One to three. Let's go. For by grace are you saved, how through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God. Uh huh. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, go on. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So the works we are talking about here are what? Good works. Come and say good works. All right. Which God had before then that we should walk in them. Good works of faith, of love, of patience, of charity. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for the entrance of your word has given us light and understanding. We are grateful in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.